Welcome to the Millennial Soul Food Podcast, episode 19 with Anika of Honeyology Creative. I'm your host, Kiyonse. Enjoy. What's up? What's up, everybody? Oh my god, episode 19. Yes! Thank you so much for tuning into um, the Millennial Soul Food Podcast. I am your host, uh, Kianse, aka Yamawe, aka Kion. Uh, pronouns they, them, he, they preferred. Um, I'm a spiritual life and business coach, tarot reader. Cosmonaut, hoodoo mystic, cultural sociologist based in New Orleans. Um, today's episode is actually going to be about um, ATR, specifically Ifa. I have um, an Oshun devotee um, here on the show, and we're just going to talk about um, the evolution because she was in a house, um, I think it's called an Ile. She was in one in 2000. So things have really changed. You're going to talk about some taboos that used to be around and the way that it's lit with ancestors now. We bringing it out. Bring them out. Bring them out. So here is a little bit about um, Honeyology Creative. This is Anika. This is her bio. So she is an accidental resident of New Orleans by way of Brooklyn, uh, she writes and edits to make words beautiful in digital spaces by trade. Um, so sweet not side notes are exploring creativity and intuition by using the spiritual tools of yoga and affirmation therapy. So I'm so excited for y'all to be able to hear my interview with her. Before though, I wanted to announce my Patreon is out. It's Patreon dot com slash millennial soul food m-i-l-l-e-n-n-i-a-l-s-o-u-l-f-o-o-d there's two l's two n's and basically this is gonna be where it's just the whole vibe um i have this thing called hashtag hoodoo metaphysics and it's basically based in my experiences with shamanism um, New Orleans and Mississippi hoodoo, metaphysics, um, occult philosophy and studies. There's going to be some basic one-on-one stuff like candle magic 101, how to dress a candle, how to do a spiritual bath. And But I'm also going to be doing um, a what's the spiritual tea, girl? So that's where I'm going to be talking about pop culture and different things that is happening around the world from my more esoteric point of view. So definitely, if you have not gone to subscribe, subscribe. The lowest tier is $3. Um, $8 is the mid tier. And then $13 is the top tier. There's something for everybody. I'm also going to be having like a Kitchen Witch series. Um, I'm also going to be doing some live streams. There's already two episodes of... Um, what's the spiritual tea up there? Because there has been a lot happening in pop culture. Chom. Girl. So, yeah, I'm so, so excited about that. 
Um, and I also wanted to read out um, my patrons, the, my people. I'm so thankful. I already have 16 patrons. Just put the, put it out um, a few days ago. So I am just so thankful for everybody, period. Um, so I'm going to go through and try to read some of these. Um, Rise Up Good Witch. Oh, my God. Oh my god, I love them. Um, follow them. Rise Up Good Witch doing amazing work. Oh my god. Um, Denise Omoruyi. Katie. Deborah. Nafziger. Rose Goddess. Jennifer Bearden. Christy Thompson. Janae Law. Nina Minona. What's up, girl? I love you. Brianna. Lil. Kuboyama, Fantasia, Anriel, Anisi, Roos, Daniela Vargas. Yes, what's up, girl? Sharina Frazier. What's up? Yes. So thank y'all. Thank y'all so much for supporting. So yeah, if there are also, if for any patrons, if you have any ideas about content that you would want to hear, um, please let me know because I... I have literally a whole blueprint of content that I'm um, releasing at the point at this point. But anything that anyone wants to know related to any of the past shows, anything you've seen me talk about, if you want me to talk about it more on the Patreon, just let me know. It's a whole vibe. We're going to be doing live streams. You already know we're going to be doing wind downs, girl. So, yes. So, yes. Get over there. Subscribe. Even... $3 a month ain't that much money, period. If you're trying to support the work, if you are trying to support the work, you know, the work of a, a spiritualist out here, a child of Yimaya, if you're trying to support your girl and you're trying to support the work of spirit, please... And subscribe to my channel. No. Okay, I'm going to stop that. So what else do we want to do today? So I also wanted to get into some of my reviews. Thank y'all so much for leaving reviews. We got 41 up in here. They all five stars. Thank y'all so much. So I want to read the review first from Rose ELH. Um... Like so many others here, I was introduced to Keon through a little Juju podcast. I took interest in them and their spiritual path and decided to follow them on Instagram to see what wisdom and knowledge they offered in relation to what they shared on Juju's podcast. I loved what they shared and I wanted more. So I was excited when they announced the launch of Millennial Soul Food Podcast. This podcast has become something of a ritual meaning as soon as an episode comes out i turn on alexa and continue on doing my work cleaning or cooking or cleaning it is something that lifts me up makes me laugh and allows um always leaves me in a great mood with a smile on my face when each episode is over i've connected to keon's personality through the podcast so much so that sometimes when i'm watching something or experiencing something spiritual i can hear them reacting to it in my head queen mother over here 
I know it's weird, but maybe it's just the seven planet Capricorn. I think it is in me that vibes so strongly on that level with his they personality. Capricorns rule. Anyway, I just want to say how grateful I am to have something of this substance and energy to look forward to for a very long time. I hope speaking it into existence. Oh, yeah, we don't. Period. Your girl is going to be here. I'm, this is the calling. Thank you so much. That is such an amazing review. Ugh, I really appreciate all your kind words. Okay. Um, Natori, A Breath of Fresh Air. Oh, and the last one was titled A Part of My Lifestyle. Um, I love it. A Breath of Fresh Air from Natori B. Thank you, Keon. Everything about the show is much needed. I've learned a lot, and you've also confirmed even more in my spiritual journey. Your timing was impeccable. Thank you for continuing to follow the flow of spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank y'all, because I am here in service to y'all. Through spirit. Hallelujah. That's the calling. I'm not your guru. I ain't your savior. I'm just a channel. You know what I mean? A channel that will drag your life. Speaking of, Lord. Grawl. <clears throat> Y'all need to be listening to the universe out here because the universe is speaking. Um, Yeah, I, I got a reading the other day and it just dragged my life. Um. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I'm just yeah, I Yeah, just you my y'all was dragging my life, so I'm 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 recovering. Y'all know when you get a reading and you're just like, "Whoa. I didn't really ask for all of this, but Okay. Yeah, so that's kind of what I'm dealing with right now. I'm just, you know, so that's why I I have I kind of like lowered my slots a little bit cuz I, I love doing this podcast. I love like talking. I love like expressing these ideas because it helps me like process all this information and these new experiences. But um, I will be kind of like opening slots every like two weeks for um, doing readings and stuff like that, just because I am dedicating more time to doing the podcast and more, doing more content on the Patreon because it is it's kind of helping me process and kind of flesh out these ideas that are eventually going to turn into a book of course i'm speaking that we know that's gonna happen but in the meantime you know um i'm just i'm focusing on a lot of different things right now and yeah so things are going well you know despite the pandemic you know and despite some other stuff that's been going on with people around me i'm praying for everybody including everybody around me um yeah, but I hope you enjoyed this episode. This was this episode is great. Uh, I definitely am going to have Anika on. We talk about how we met. Uh, we talk about New Orleans. We talk about um, just all of it. And she's straight up a girl from Brooklyn. Like, I don't know what it is, but I love people from New York City, especially black people from New York City. It I think it's something that has to do with the... <laughs> The coast. I don't know what it is, but I have always gotten along with um, black people from New York City. So, um, shout out to if you listening from New York City, you know, hit your girl up. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm when COVID before COVID. You know, 
I was I was up there, but you know, I'm gonna be popping in and out after COVID. So, you know, if you're up in New York City, if you're in Los Angeles, you know, you if you're trying to make some connections, hit your girl up. Those are my kind of two cities that I like that I go to the most besides Atlanta. So especially after this COVID, if you up in LA, if you in Atlanta, if you're in New York, you know, let your girl know if you're trying to collaborate, we can collaborate over the interwebs. Just hit me up. Let me know what's up. Let me know what's up. You know, let me know lo que pasa. So enjoy the show. All right, I'm gonna quit talking. Love y'all. Okay, welcome to the show, Anika. So today we have Anika of Honeyology Creative um, on IG, and she is a writer and an Oshun devotee based here in New Orleans, but she is from Brooklyn. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm feeling so blessed. Um, can we first talk about, like, the way we met, like, the kind of BS situation, (laughs) trying to manage the New Orleans messed up infrastructure, the damn shit getting hacked before coronavirus even started. That was on my birthday, too, around then. Oh, my God, that was your birthday? Yes, it was. That's how we met. Because it was the Joan of Arc parade, yeah. Because, okay, so the way we met... Basically, was uh, we were both in the DMV, and it was actually my third time that week being there because they oh basically wet, made me wait the whole time, and then they didn't tell me about the paperwork that I needed, and the website is messed up here in New Orleans. And then we basically had to leave um, because their the system got hacked, and so we were just standing out in the parking lot, I think, and we just start talking, and then. Um, and then we start following each other on Instagram, and then you hit me up, and you're like, I want to be on the show. I didn't know that you were an Oshun um, devotee and stuff like that, but, you know, we just vibe. You know, when people have that vibe, and you just be like, okay, girl. Listen, Sis. listen. I mean, <laughs> you telling me that you were a tarot reader, though, when we were out. When we were oh, out that there. is so true, yeah. And... And you, we were both like, what is this? We were the, totally the northerners in the group. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we were like, what is this? Because, you know, how are you going to have, and it was, that, that place was packed. How are you going to have people online and then be like, oops, the computer's broken. And I was like, these people want to go party. Right. <laughs> it was the first day that Mardi Gras kicks off. Mm-hmm. My fucking birthday, and like, yeah, and I was like, because, you know, I moved here from Chicago, originally from Mississippi, but I mean, I spent my 20s in Chicago, so I'm like, if this ever happened in Chicago, they would burn the whole building down. <laughs> like, literally, they'd be like, okay, who who do we need to go beat up? So that was, I was just kind of like, wow, the infrastructure is so terrible, like, oh my god, but, um... <laughs> But we met that uh, way. Damn, down here. I was like, and you know, not for nothing, my my homegirl, my my coworker at the time drove me to, you know, out there to the DMV because I was trying to replace my ID. And um, not for nothing, we left there and went to a party. We went to a black party. Mm -hmm. We were like, oh, well. Me too. I went and got drunk. (laughs) You know? What did you do? 
I went to I went to the Joan of Arc parade. I met some friends to celebrate my birthday a little bit. I had had king cake earlier that day. I went to um, Dong Fung um, out in the east. The best king cake. Lord, uh, I I think I had like kind of conniptions whenever I like tasted that king cake for the first time. It is, oh Jesus, he did it and the, and that's why I'm here for immigration because the Vietnamese perfected the king cake. Because usually, typically, regular king cakes you have they just some dried up bricks with um with some frosting <laughs> on them and some glitter. But the, <laughs> Dong Fong, girl, <laughs> I was like, y'all, I need to learn how to pronounce this shit because y'all really doing it like. Y'all are, they are the, and then they got the, it's, they do, they make it in a croissant kind of way. So it's not the regular heavy dough, you know. Okay. So <laughs> when I left, I went to a King, King Cake Festival. <gasps> oh my God. So my old job, I used to work at this bakery uh, in the Bywater, Bywater Bakery. And the woman who owns it, when King Cake season comes comes down, and she she sells thousands of them, thousands, because she's so good. She's they're so good. Like she has praline filling. Oh um, my god! Creme brulee, uh, blueberry cheesecake. Mm. Um, yeah, like oh my god! Flavors. Unicorn unicorn cheesecake, all the flavors, so good. <clears throat> so when we so when the when the place had the faux computer hacking, I was like, yo, but y'all hacked every week. Uh, it seems like it, because it was a repeated offense. Yeah. They, so I'm they, like... They just don't... You know what? It's hard for people to work all day here. It's hard. And also, it's like... I mean, we talked about this, me and Tyler, um, in the previous episode, which I just actually put out today. Um, New Orleans allocates so much of its money in ways that we don't even know about to where the infrastructure is just messed up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I it's mean, like, I, don't I know. <laughs> adapted. You know, I love this city. So I'm just like, okay, here are the things. You know, DMVs are just not good places anywhere you go. So, yeah, so you just got to get through it. Because yeah, I'm like, gotta, you. Just gotta, you just got to deal with it. And, and, it, and um, at least for your pain and suffering, there's always a party here. Even even during the pandemic, even during the pandemic, and also, um, she ain't really got to get no tag anyway. <laughs> I had a t- I didn't have no tag for three months. <laughs> ain't no one thinking about that. Yeah, <laughs> they really That's don't the care. Thing. But yeah, I think that is interesting because I mean, I also just talked about this with um, my coven comrade Tyler Firth. Um, the city has a spirit of Dionysus, which the that is the um, the the king, the god of murder, um, gaiety, and drunkenness. So it's like you just got to get used. That's just how shit is, you know. So listen, I think I was telling you how I live. I live by a graveyard, and like the big spirits down here, for at least the Haitian spirits I've noticed, are the gay days mm-hmm. and somebody, you know. And um, those are like ribald, you know, cutting up, you know, mischievous spirits. Oh, tell me more about that. What's the what did what was the second one you said? 
Baron Samedy. Baron Timothy. Samedy, like Samedy, like Saturday, S-A-M-E-D-I. Oh, so what's yeah. the difference in those? He wears, he wears the top hat. Oh, okay. And all black, and he's, you know, kind of have, like, sometimes they, he's depicted with a magnifying glass over one eye. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he rules over life and death, those being interchangeable. Mm-hmm. And um, I like to think sometimes when people say, okay, it's time to pay the piper, really paying the baron oh oh well that same <laughs> seems like they have a the similar archetypes you know mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. makes sense and that so, that's so right city, you know this that that's what this this city is is that it's like this it is this it is the spirit of drunkenness and gaiety but that's also that that also comes with a, a, a sharp awareness and a cleverness you know? Mm-hmm. Hella trickster energy. Yeah. You better you better watch out. For real. Watch out. I'm think That's I knew my, that, that was my first lesson here. I was like, oh, I better watch out. Hmm. I remember um it was like I didn't really realize that I would wind up living here, but um actually my father lived here when he was like in his like thirties and my grandfather lived here for like decades before oh. um before Katrina, and I have like a lot of family on the West Bank and stuff. But when I, um, whenever I was visiting, um, I guess I okay. So I would visit, and New Orleans was kind of a place where it was like you know spiritual, and I was always I was interested in witch stuff or whatever. But I would always just come down here and like you know just get really drunk and you know fucked up or whatever. And so I came down here with a group. Of like, um, I came down here first and stayed with my college friend, who I actually wound up living with like last year. Um, I came and saw her, and I got so sick, like it was the worst flu I've ever had in my life. And I had planned to come down here for my birthday and be like, "Hey, I'm a, hey, what's up? We about to get fucked up." And I think that had getting the flu that bad. This was in like 2015. <clears throat> I think that was the first sign because. 2016 happened and I had a lot of Saturn's return just like mess happen but that me being that sick with the flu here like I couldn't even do like um New Year's I couldn't do I barely was able to do Mardi Gras that year for my birthday um but it kind of taught me it was like New Orleans was like oh so you think you're gonna come down here now (laughs) and you're just gonna come and like fuck around when you have a certain calling so then yeah. I would, yeah, whenever I planned, whenever I was moving down here from Chicago, cause it just like really worked out. Like literally my friend, like a year before I even ch- um, chose to move down here, she was like, oh, and when you move down here next year, you know, we have an extra room for you. And I was like, girl, I'm moving to Atlanta. Do you know I'm about to be Ooh. a celebrity? I'm about to be a celebrity psychic girl. Like what you talking about? <laughs> and then... <laughs> You know Atlanta. You already know me. I'm like, girl, I'm about to find the sugar daddy. But, um, I, I, yeah, I wound up here. And it's been so amazing. But, yeah, I think that was a lesson I learned. So whenever I first moved here, I was like, I'm not, I'm, I was be, I was healthy as, like, I was like, I'm not about to be engaging in too much. I never want to get that sick again. I was like, I was like, ancestor. And so, so it worked out. But it was kind of like my pact for moving here was like, you can't be on the BS, you know? Yeah. So that's well, the reason people be like, yeah. you're producing all this stuff. And I'm like, 
yeah, because I fucking know the energy I'm dealing with, you know? Like, as long as I'm doing it, it's going to be successful. But if I cut it off, my ass is not really going to have a good life. So... (laughs) Listen, listen, that not my my New Orleans caught me by I worked when I first got here, I was coming down here on my romantic, had never been to New Orleans before. Oh, I'm an oh artist, God. writer, and I started this story in New York. Um, that I that I I did a big reading and it was really successful. And so I came down here to finish that to finish that story, mm-hmm. and um, I started working like the the week that I got here. Mm-hmm. Like one, I had one week of a really good time. I met Lorman Hill. <laughs> you know, what? Like, okay, you tell know? us more about that, please. Oh, <laughs> okay. So this this actually goes to the Europe to the Yoruba stuff. So years ago, when I was actually officially in a house or an elay as uh, they're called um i had uh, an ocean god brother and name my day and i saw him on instagram that he was posting that he was in new orleans and at that time i had no idea i was going to be living here i was just here i was on instagram so i hit him up like oh what's up are you still in new orleans i'm here too and he was like oh you are and then i got i get a call from somebody else like maybe a few hours later and they're like, oh, I they wanted me to call you and, and say that he's got tickets for you for Lorman tonight because he was on tour with her. Oh, wow. What? And, yeah, and he was like, um, oh, you, you have these tickets uh, to go see Lorman. It was at the Lakefront Arena. And um, I so I, I, I took a lift over there. I get, I get out and they're like, oh, okay, you also got the little VIP situation. <laughs> and oh, shit. He's like, we're running late. Like, everyone knows Mormon's running late. Uh, that's what I was about <laughs> to ask. How long did you have to wait? It was two and a half hours. Lord, I would have left. Wednesday, on a Wednesday. And everybody was like, don't you know we got to go to work? Blah, blah, blah. And, um, <laughs> but it was fun. It was, a, it, was, it was a good time. She was really, really good. She really performed well. And then after the show was over... Uh, he called me. He was like, come meet me by this exit. And um, we met Lauren. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. So that was like that was like the first week that I got here. And then um, my other homeboy who I now live with, I mean, he's not here right now, but he he was like, oh, I have um, I've overbooked myself for a gig. He's a musician. And he was supposed to be working an event with this like magazine and hair, like hair salon. And he's like, can you work it for me? And then I did that one event and I never stopped working. So I was supposed to go home October, the end of October, 2018. And you see where I am. Wow. And that's so funny because I think we were talking on the phone about 2018 being an interesting year that people moved to New Orleans with the um like, 300th anniversary of the city and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, so it was really strange. And I'm going to tell you, it was like, I don't know any of any family members having lived in New Orleans. I'm sure I've had many family members pass through different periods. But I felt such a strong deja vu. As what? if I was here in another life. It was bizarre. I remember standing, you know where the 300 sign is, right there in Jackson Square? Yeah. So I remember 
standing over it and looking out over Jackson Square and saying, ooh, feels good to be back. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, this? That is so interesting. <laughs> yeah, I was like, and it just, and that was a thought that just escaped me. And I'm like, logically, I don't know where that came from because I had never been to New Orleans before. It's because you were in the portal. You were in between the veil. <laughs> <laughs> and your other self and other dimension was like, welcome back, ho. <laughs> you know, so I do think there, there is like a weird thing where one of Marie Laveau's sisters, um, she had a sister, like a half sister, and that sister died on one of died on my birthday. What? Yeah. Wow. And so I used to have this book. So you know the New Orleans Voodoo Tarot. You know that deck? Yeah. All right. So. I've had that deck for many years, right? Like since the early 2000s. So it was way before the, the healing center was built and that there was a botanica and all of that, right? So I always use that deck because it has the Arishas in it. It also has the Voodoo gods in it. I liked it creatively, even even just the inspiration for writing. And um, I asked someone to pulled for me before I got here and they pulled from their deck and I got not Oshun but Urzuli Frida Dahomey which is like her counterpart in Haiti yeah which is down here right mm-hmm. so, super popular yeah so it was so weird so anyway the 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 deck um so I had to retire my first deck it was tired of talking it was like please Oh, shit. It was just let us rest. Ah! (laughs) Let us rest. So so I had this book, you know, always, and I'm like anybody who's into the um, esoteric stuff that, you know, you you develop this fascination with Marie Laveau. So I had this book about her, and in it, it listed her relatives, and there was this Marie Dolores Laveau, right? That's the one that, that's the sister that died on my birthday. Okay, so then... I get rid of the, you know, I, you know, with, with sacred intention, I lay the, the cards and the book to rest. Maybe a couple of weeks later, and this is in my home in Brooklyn, I'm coming, you know, from the store, from the supermarket, up, up to my, and there's a, there's a guy that sells books outside, right? And he sells them by the van, and out of the van. And mm-hmm. he didn't have the deck, but he had a used version of the companion book, right? And inside, <laughs> in script it was, Dolores. <gasps> Shut <laughs> up! I was, like, I was like, oh my god, yes. What? Yes, it was so weird. It was like, and there's, and there's a Marie Laveau card in there, in that deck. Wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, let, let's lift both of them up. I shame. Yes, yeah. I say. I do feel so, like it's important. So then like, I got here and huh? I literally just kept working oh. and started just learning more about the spiritual fabric of the city. And I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of spiritual stuff I'm into. I'm still pretty on the ground. You know what I mean? I'm still mm-hmm. in the bunny. I still have to go to work. I still, you know, I have to write. You know, I'm, I'm not that muggle who can make the pen get up and just do it for me. Okay. Hey, right? I got to do it myself. 
However, the experiences that I've had in this city, I'm like, yo. <laughs> Have you ever gone to Mississippi what? before? Huh? Have you gone to Mississippi before? I have been to Mississippi, but not in a long time. Not since I've been here. Well, after all this mess is done, um, we should you should come with me, you know? I would love to. I know I've like been all up and down Mississippi. Um uh, and like I think it's important for like people to see Mississippi because like New Orleans wouldn't be New Orleans without Mississippi, you know? Um so it's like it's interesting to like understand the history there because a lot of Mississippians like live in New Orleans like you know so it's like there's been a lot of back and forth migration like a lot of people from New Orleans moved to Mississippi after Katrina um and then my dad's side of the family like he grew up on the border between Louisiana and um Mississippi um so I mean, he grew up, like, coming here, and that's why we have family here, and, you know. I know I want so to look more into the history. So let me ask you about hoodoo in Mississippi. Yeah. How, how is the water, is the river, just, because the river here is an artery, right? And it, I feel like that's why so much stuff happens here, because that river is just this mystical place. Well, the river, um, the river in the Mississippi Delta, I grew up like about 20 minutes from Mississippi Delta or Uh 20 to 30 minutes from the Mississippi Delta. But, um, like I'm from what you would call more like hill country. And the reason it's so many hills is because those are Native American mounds. So where I'm from, it's actually one of the spots that, um, it was like the, the second edition kind of the like trail of tears because there's a part. So like. Where I'm from, it's like heavy Choctaw, like that. It was like heavy, and so that's why there there's a lot of mounds. And like I'm from where like the Natchez Trace. I grew up like five minutes from that, and the Natchez Trace is this um in, uh, ancient indigenous trail that goes down to Louisiana and through Mississippi. Um, and so I would say the with the Dell with the river, um, the reason the Delta was such a a place of like um. It was a really bad place for black people to be if, during enslavement because it was one of the most fertile. And that was because the um, Mississippi River over flooded and it flooded over into the land. And so you have the wet season. And that's the reason um, the land was so like plentiful, if you could say, because of the Mississippi River. So um, there's that kind of relationship with the river um, in Mississippi. But specifically where I'm from, um, I would say it's more like about like a woods relationship, like the hoodoo. And that's okay. kind of where like, cause I'm from like an hour from Memphis. So, you know, that's where blues music originated. And that's a lot of hoodoo. I mean, blues musicians were hoodoo pe- practitioners also, you know? So, um, it was like more like the kind of folky, like country, you know? Okay. So right. and yeah. do you have, do you have like hoodoo spirits? and gods, goddesses and gods like as you would in say Yoruba religion or other African traditional religions like a Khan. You know, because when I because no one ever talks about hoodoo as an actual religious practice, right? Hoodoo is considered like this hodgepodge practice of only magical spells and rituals that mm-hmm. without a historical 
um, or um, without a historical context. And I'm like, that just cannot be true. Yeah, you <laughs> sound like Mojo working. Yeah. Well, okay. actually, one of the things I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this. Um, oh well, this is a plug for my Patreon. But my Patreon is gonna be a lot of the material I'm gonna have on there is based on who do metaphysics, and it's yeah. my specific kind of take on growing up. Cause like one of the reasons I would say I who do in Mississippi is more just like in the culture, and then it's more like syncretism in terms of like people like protestant people pray to jesus you know so i use the psalms a whole lot um but and then in catholicism like specifically with new orleans who do there's a lot of prayer to different saints who you know who are synonymous with different archetypes and um like you know ifa and um vodun and all that kind of stuff that's how that's how yoruba is you know Mm -hmm. with the ambitious they were first syncretized with the with the with the saints that's how it was brought from cuba yeah but you sound kind of like mojo working um that book as far because i do believe that hoodoo is a spiritual system and i think it should be thought of as so for me i would say my like quote unquote pantheon um would be like my ancestors and then i know i have like a spirit guide who's like a higher representation of myself and then Literally, I guess this is just being, a, you know, being in the life, but random people at different times will tell me like, oh, well, you have like Loki energy right now and there's this energy in your life. And so they, you know, different kinds like move in and out and stuff. So oh, that's, that's the same. That's the same with the Orishas. You know, like I, I say now, particularly with how popular Oshun has gotten, you know, uh, via Beyonce mm-hmm. and uh, just you know the, the tribe, the various tribes on Instagram. I call her Oshun 2.0. You know, <laughs> I'm like, look at Oshun becoming a celebrity, right? Um, but I, but you know, back in the day when I first you know joined in LA and I was really young and really green and you know I was super obedient to everything uh, by the book, super traditional. Um, you know, you just didn't even, you didn't even talk about her out loud or mm. any of the Arishas. You know, it was such a secret. Like my family, my family definitely didn't know. They'd be like, blasphemy. So know? when, so let, when did you, let's like go back to the history. So you got, you say so you were in an LA in, um, 2000? Yeah. So it would be, I officially... BCs and Ayalekes, which would be your sacred bead, uh, in 2002. Mm-hmm. But I produced to the Ile in 2000. But I, but I will tell you this, and this is before any kind of people intervention, right? I went to Senegal in the 90s, and like towards the later 90s. And I brought back this postcard of this dark woman was wearing yellow and gold and she had a crown of yellow fruits around her head and I said well if I lived here this is what I would look like you know this would be me she had all this brass jewelry on all this gold jewelry on and so I still have that postcard it's framed the the elated that I joined was presided over by an ocean priestess and when I walked into her house for the first time 
she had that same postcard that I had only in a poster form. What? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I got from Senegal like a few years before I met her. What? So I just like, <laughs> yeah, so to me, I feel like you, your, your spirit will tell you. Hmm. And things can change all the time. You know, here you know about seven or eight Orishas. But in Nigeria, where it's from, where Yoruba is from, you know, there's 401. Hmm. So here, you know, they just uh, all kind of, you know, kind of streamline into these seven, these uh, known as the seven African powers. Mm-hmm. With Oya there too. But, you know, I, you know, that was something I felt drawn to. And then to walk into this woman's house and see this big poster, I was like, huh. You're like, let me go out to the car for a second, child. Huh? You're like, let me go back out to the car for a second. (laughs) I need to have a moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was weird. I mean, I, you know, and that's many years ago, and I still work with that as my lead energy, just simply because, you know, her symbols are the bee, honey. You know, she loves honey. Honeyology came from that and it was a name that fit and stuck and it worked for you know writing the social media craze that happened you know well you know so for me this as a guidepost in life you know it it really worked out but something where it was that was serious that gave me a message was about a month and a half ago I there were all these debbies in my house, out of nowhere, they were in the side. They were in the side room, like they came through the window and just like dropped that. And there was one still alive. And I caught my neighbor over, like, "Oh my god!" And my neighbor set the one that was alive free. And I was like, "What does this mean? Like, this is so weird. Where did all these bees come from?" And later on that night, I thought I was experiencing a blood clot in my leg because it was really painful and it was tender to the touch and um, I took myself to the hospital because you know it's corona you know I don't know what that's in right okay hmm. so I go to the hospital and they're doing a regular check-in well it turns out I don't have a blood clot but what I did have was some high ass blood pressure and Oshun rules the blood hmm and I don't know why those bees came through, but when I had that pain, I was like, the bees are telling me to go to the hospital. Damn. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, I, you know, I know that people are like, what is she talking about? But one of the things that you don't get when you see all this stuff in popular culture, because you see the yellow dress and you see the sexiness and all that's beautiful. But what really is happening alongside with that or that should be happening is that you're formulating a sacred relationship with this deity, this mythology. And that is teaching you about your intuition, mental intuition, physical intuition, and that it's helping you to strive for Iwa Pele, which is good character, mm. along with your ancestors. 
and that is helping you with your ori your ori is your head to make the best decisions for your life and for your community your family your then your larger community so it's actually when you when you worship or you, when you when you pray and you you acknowledge these deities as well as your ancestors what you're doing is you're engaging you know in in sacred ritual internal practice you know and i just think that that should be highlighted alongside learning who these arises are when they pop up on your feed you know because of a video or a movie you know mhm that makes total sense so then um what are some aspects of your experience do you want to talk about? I know a lot of stuff is like secret, but um, like what was it like day to day after you were in the Elay? Like what, what kind of like ritual did you have to do? You know, um, I mean, if you can say, you know, as much yeah, as you can talk I mean, about. So the one, one that people know about are bembe's, right? So bembe's are big drumming rituals where the Arishas will come down and talk and give you messages. So those who are priestesses or priests um, are basically put into trance by the by the drumming and the chant of their particular Arisha and the dance, and they start speaking to people who were in the room and giving them messages mm-hmm. about, you know, it could be something good. It could be something not so good. But normally you're going to get that message to work on it if there's an obstacle. Mm. And the food, you know, and it's beautiful. It's a big community event. And um, it's not, you know, that's that's not a secret practice. You can go to a bembe and not be in the religion. Mm. But sometimes you'll go and they'll be like, Yemiya said you have to come. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 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 tells me like Ogun says you have to come, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and that doesn't mean you have to do it, but um, there there is a way in which the energy will choose you. Some people will go, and they'll hear the drums. They could hear they could they could they could hear uh, the, the the drum swung to Shango and start, you know leaping and flying in the air in a way that defies gravity. I know that happened to somebody before. Mm. So, you know, those are things. And what that allows you to do is it allows you to be creative. It allows you to learn music, you know, from your homeland. Obviously not all black people are from Nigeria, but there are certain kinds of music that are similar along the West Coast of Africa. Um, Ghana, Nigeria, Mali, uh, Cote d'Ivoire. So you, so you, so you're learning through these, through these bembe's, you know, some possibilities about being an African, not just African American. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's what's up. And so, what did you? Um, I know you said it was more taboo, like. Um, back then so like if you had people over you know <laughs> yeah so um. you know so one of the things like <laughs> you know like i always had an altar set up in my house and people were like hmm, 
what's going on here? Or if I let it slip at a family thing, they're like, you know, a lot. But I was always the artist and the one who was off the beat and path in my family. So they were just going to be like, well, she's weird, you know. Oh, anyway, okay. That's good. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're mm-hmm. like, we don't know she could be doing anything. You know what I mean? As long as I wasn't harming myself or harming anybody, they were like, okay, you know, she's she's this. She's strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say there's a big community. Even when it was taboo, there was a big community in, in New York. You know, in and, and most places. So if you had one, you were like, yeah, these people knew. So like now, okay, so you know when you cross your arms and you say Wakanda forever? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so actually when you do that in Yerba, if you say Alafia. So that's actually uh, an actual ritual of greeting. But you just say Alafia, which means peace. Wow, so, okay. Yeah. So I mean so this, so it was so it was taboo, but once to me, once you're in the community or in a community, you know, there are a lot of people who know what it is. And then you have the people who will go to church, but then they're gonna come to the priest and get a Dilagoon reading, which is the reading with the cowrie shells. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there's there's a lot of in and out. Mm-hmm. And um I just think, you know, it it evolved. It and evolved so because, because you know, kids are like the new people like especially like you got like millennials are like, Yeah, this is what we do. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You're like, I mean, we love Jesus, but we also, you know, like you said, love little Loki. Yeah, I was telling my friend um, or somebody earlier, I was like, yeah, because they, they're, I'm a, like, pure middle-of-the-road millennial. Like, I was born the year the internet was created, 1989, the year the Berlin Wall came down, you know, Cold War ended, all that kind of shit. Um, but I was talking to... Huh? You're 89. Yeah. Um, okay, and so I was talking to someone who's from Generation Z. They were, they're like... From ni- they were born 1997, and I was like, yeah, I feel like my generation was like the generation where we were like weird during preteens and during teenage years, but our parents were like, oh, they're going to grow out of it, and now we're like 31, and we're still talking about <laughs> aliens, and you know, like smoking weed, <laughs> and we're like, okay, so now y'all don't want to change anything. Okay, so we're just going to go and burn shit down. And then Generation Z is basically like, we really don't care. Like, we're, my generation is kind of like, okay, we're going to stay inside, you know. We're going to do our, you know, we're going to be revolutionary, donate money. Generation Z is like, okay, where's the statue? Okay, where's my accent? Okay, we go in there. Okay, let's meet there at six. Generation Z is... <laughs> Because they don't have anything to lose. Because I was telling that girl, I was like, I went to college when Obama was president. You know, it was really cute to, like, go abroad. But, you know, since Trump got elected, going abroad is like, no one wants to talk to you. Like, you know, because it's like, girl, what's what's going on with y'all's country? Can you get it together? And then, you know, their graduations have been messed up. College students, Generation Z. So, I think it's interesting, like... I do think of it as a spiritual wave type of thing. Like, I don't know. I'm really proud of the Generation Z. And, um, you know, because I'm like, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, they are beautiful and wow. You know, my son, I had to, you know, hold my heart in my hands. Aww. My son told me and 
he had come home from school. He, he's in Brooklyn, and he called me when the protest first started, you know, right after George Floyd. And he was like, yeah, so I went to the protest. I was like, oh, my God. Ah! Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, you know, and, uh, you know, you should see, um, you should see my text to him. They're like, follow your intuition. Wear your mask. Blah, blah, blah. Oh. Yeah, listen. Oh, my God. I'm a maniac. They're like really here to change it up, like and yeah. So I'm just I'm proud of them, and I love I I be doing readings for Generation Z people, and it's really cute. And yeah, just um, yeah. I think I yeah I think the future is gonna be pretty um pretty what cool. Do, what do they want to know when you're doing a reading? What do they want to know? Um, honestly, it's about ancestors. Mm. A lot of people like most people. Although I don't really feel like I advertise myself like that, I guess. But I guess maybe it's the way I be talking. But a lot of people contact me and they're like, can I get like an ancestor reading and like a spirit guide type of reading? Mm. And a lot of Generation Z people. Because sometimes I guess you could say I do like witch doctor, like recipe stuff. So I will like at the end, um, I'll be like, you know, I like you need to get this color candle, get this kind of herbs. And, like, do this on the new moon for, like, you know, five, seven times. Um, and it is based on, like, you know, it's based on the cards, but I guess, I don't know. Yeah, it's based on the cards, but basically my intuition, because it's mostly be me doing, being a medium, I guess you could say. But, yeah, they want to know a lot about ancestor connection. And then um, I feel like also a lot, like, connect with me because I'm, like, very vo- vocal about, like, social justice, you know? Um, and, like, you know. Yeah. And a lot I found, like, they, yeah, it's kind of like that kind of, like, how can I do a career that is, like, spiritual, you know, or has a mission behind it. But, yeah, most of it relates to um, ancestor stuff and getting started with spirituality. I'm like, damn, you this young and you, shit. Yeah, because those people are like their ancestors be time. Exactly. So they're ready. They like are ready. It went over on them. Yeah, they ready. Because at 23, I was in Chicago out in these streets popping (laughs) that. When my son was eleven, right, he got in, he got in a little bit of trouble at school. Just, he didn't do some homework, but he lied about it. And the teacher contacted me and told me. So I was like, "Why did you lie? You know, I'm gonna find out from the teacher anyway." And he was like, "Cause people lie, so they don't have to have conversations like this." Oh, <laughs> dang! <laughs> Like, you like okay word <laughs> word okay <laughs> you're like okay i'm gonna just go sit down um <laughs> you like wow <laughs> yeah yeah so that's what he's and, and all his friends are like that too and that's who these kids are okay that is you know, so during, funny during the pandemic during the pandemic i said oh my god he didn't stay in the house. He was like, I'm going back to school. Because his school let him go back. And um, he was up there. He studied in his dorm. And then he ran amok, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, then he came back to the city with wearing his mask. The kids, I don't know if the kids are spreading it or not, but they're out there. Mm-hmm. They're like, don't worry about us. Hmm. They don't want to get it. 
you know, the smart ones, but they're not stopping their lives. Well, to each their own. You know, and that's why they were out there protesting. Right. They were like, Rona be damned. In hella numbers. (laughs) Rona be damned. We gonna be out here. I, you know, I'm proud of them too. They're, they're, they're an amazing, you know, you know, look at these companies. Look at Amazon and Apple. We stand with Black Lives Matter. Please spend your money with us, please. Right. That's the next frontier is working on that kind of BS. But at yeah. least we do have the represent. It's a, a next step. But yeah, because yeah. they have definitely it's Black Lives Matters is commodified. It, they about to. They about to. They're gonna um, the literally. It, to huh? me, it's the attention that the attention that the Black Lives Matter movement garnered in such a major way. I mean, I know a lot of that had to do with, you know, as my friend said, uh, Black Lives Matter was gentrified. It definitely, yeah. <laughs> Once you see Gwyneth Paltrow saying it, you like, girl. <laughs> I can't mess with her. They done, went to up, they done went to Manhattan on a beat. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> you know what I liked? You know what I liked? So I liked when um, there was one clip of them looting Soho uh. in New York. And um, you can see this um, this one young <laughs> white woman. She's looking around like she's got a little shirt, you know. And she's looking around like, should I take it? Should I take it? And then she's like, yeah, I'm going to take it. Oh, what? <laughs> Challenge the stereotype now. Challenge the stereotype, period. Period. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, you know. Um, but... These folks are tired. We're all tired, but the young people have the energy, as you know, as youth always does, to do something about it. And you can't keep. I mean, look, the thing with the, this this Brianna Taylor case that is utterly bewildering and um, baffling. Yeah, you're going to release an empty police report. I mean, this this woman's spirit is like, oh no. You will figure out. A powerful spirit. Can you imagine, though, like, because sometimes, like, that is written into people's birth charts, like, as far as having fame after death. But, like, I couldn't, it's hard, I mean, because I'm not dead, but, like, it's it's interesting to imagine, like, literally you die uh, relatively not, you know, a celebrity, relatively unknown except for, you know, close friends of yours and then you're like a global celebrity after you're like not here anymore well you know it's and it's be and 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 it's the why right it's the why like why are policemen barging into sleeping black folks homes and killing them right i mean can we talk about the uh what's that other case the um are when i um not him but uh the dude in Texas, the white police lady, barged in and killed him. Oh my God! Um, Bo, what's his name? I can't. I can't remember his name because there's so many. But the 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 one who um, are you talking about the woman who said she wandered into the wrong apartment? Yes. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And what then now doing? she apparently um. So I actually, one of, this person that I know, 
um, one of my, there he's like kind of a friend of mine. Um, he is like, he's cousins with this person, so I don't want to be insensitive or anything like that. But I did get kind of like some, the tea, like, is like, well, I mean, I, okay, so I, I watch Lovely Tea a lot, and she kind of breaks stuff down in an interesting way. But his father and, um, his brother apparently were kind of more like sympathetic to her, and her, the brother was like, you know, give me a hug in the name of forgiveness. Yeah, I saw that in the, in the courtroom. Yeah, and now she is, up, um, she's appealing for shorter time, which everyone knew that was going to happen, and like, Apparently, his mother in St. Lucia is, like, really angry, but it's just kind of like, I don't know, the mood, the the way that the case went, I don't know, it just was kind of, I don't know. I, I'm i here for, you know, forgiveness for your the sake of your ego and stuff like that, but at the same time, I just don't feel like a hug is going to really, it, it's not going to dismiss the cosmic weight of the fact that you killed someone, like, I mean, also, there's, you know, there's details about, you know, them having pictures together and all this kind of stuff. But it's kind of like, that doesn't make any sense. Because literally, one of the first things I recognize about my apartment is the smell. You know what I mean? I know, you walk in your apartment and you're like, oh, okay. Or you're like, oh, I need to change the garbage. But, you know, like, you know about, your that's, it's, that doesn't you really make sense. You know where you live. Huh? You know where you live? Exactly. It's kind of like, you just don't, I don't get it. Like, I like. <laughs> Any, let me tell you something. Any, these people, you know, we only get the story once it hits the news, but these people say any old thing. You know what I mean? That's why, you know, the people were mad. Okay. They don't want to be lumped together and being called Karens. And that was, you know, that is the, that is the, most horrible worst case scenario that somebody you know was killed but these 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 cases where they're like they they go to the like what's the barbecue lady barbecue betsy whatever her name is oh yeah you're gonna stop somebody from from having that you're gonna wander into this apartment and, and just shoot somebody you're gonna stop somebody from having a barbecue a lemonade stand wearing a mask you know the level of policing references in um Yoruba Yoruba and Hoodoo and like if they if you feel like they're accurate so like um I guess the most obvious one is Black as King um bigger I think so I I think there are a couple of things that happen it's like one especially for younger people who are in the religion you know the Yoruba religion you know they're like, no, we don't want to just be walking around cloaked, right? So that, and prior to Beyonce or Black is King, she had lemonade where she comes out with the yellow dress in the water, and that was a clear reference to Oshun in particular, but she didn't put it, she didn't name it, right? But then you also had, um, back in the day, you had that movie Love Jones with Nia Long and Lorenz Tate. And he does the spoken word, and he's like, oh, 
are you Yamanya? No, you're not Yamanya. Oh, you must be Oshun. You know, so I think that there's there has been this underground conversation happening for a long time. And finally, or the eventual outcome was going to be that folks were going to know as more black directors, uh, agents of black culture who have power in this entertainment industry, like, oh, we're going to incorporate our culture into it. We don't just have to, or or our uh, lineage into it, our, our, you know, our West African lineage into it, because we no longer have to do things to only fit in with, you know, white culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I, so I'm trying to think of another, um, another reference besides Black is King. I mean, that's well, a um... fascinating one right now. But I also think what you had too was you also you know this festival Afropunk, right? Yeah. Okay, so you know that that brings together all these alternative people of color. They're in the punk scene. They're you know they're listening to you know I guess Janelle Monae before she was really popular. She always did Afropunk. You know what I mean? And they and they and they're they're in what was considered fringe, you know, culture. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, doing, uh, you know, other spiritual practice that practices that are not necessarily rooted in Christianity or Islam. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think once Afropunk got big and Afrofuturism became much more of a mainstream conversation and people started talking more about uh, Sunrod or old jazz musician, I know, what's the, what's the um, uh, who Sun Ra was into Madame Blavatsky, you know, and he was dressing like a Madame who? Huh? Madame who? Um, Blavatsky. She's. I think she's like the. She's like this old school Russian psychic. I don't know if she's Russian. Don't, don't quote me on that. You have to Google. Let that. me look her up real quick. Yeah, but anyway. He read her books, and then, you know, of course, you had George Clinton from back in the 70s who was doing all the all the spirit, um, all the planetary traveling and talking to all kind of various spirits. And then, so you had Afrofuturism becoming this real line of knowledge and thought that was expressing itself through art. Mm-hmm. And alternative music, and then Afropunk just kind of really ushered it in, and then you know Jada Pinkett and Will Smith started showing up at Afropunk, and it became this mainstream thing. So I think that's what kind of ushered in, you know, the 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 the, the taboo conversations, you know, mm-hmm. out from behind the curtain around the reaches. Yeah, I think this is definitely like more like the second edition because. I remember when Afropunk, because I'm a, I was like a Tumblr girl, like in high school and college. So that was, I, I like, I followed Afropunk and all that kind of stuff. Like when they were like, literally like had like, they were on Tumblr, like that's it. And it was back whenever I like, I had a lot of punk friends, but it was when their, their philosophy was more about like, you know, like punk music and they didn't really feature so much music that I like listened to so much. Um, and then they, like, switched kind of, I guess, into being, like, more, like, 
Afrocentric and stuff in a in less punk but more like Solange terms, you know. Yeah, and I think that's when they, because that's just when they started getting the sponsorships and, you know, I, I, it was never really, so I used to go, they, they used to have Afropunk Festival in in Brooklyn, and I would go every every summer for a little while, but this was before it moved to, like, this big field, and they had Solange performing, it was way before that, it was just this little thing, they had a skate park, they had graphic artist booths, you know, it was just, it was really kind of grungy, you know, it's a little more cleaned up. It wasn't necessarily, you know, there would be people performing with fur, you know, bat wings. It was, it was, I was like, yeah, this is definitely odd, you know, and I'm, I could be considered odd, but I was like, this is way odd, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember, um, I remember, um, going one year when it moved and, you know, everybody had, the ring through the nose, you know, the ring that, you know, the ring. I was like, okay, this is, I'm a, I might be a little aged out of this or not. I just, it was, yeah, I was like, wow, Afropunk, okay. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, okay. Uh, but I think, um, so I, like I said, I think Afropunk is the steward. And, um, but it just got really popular. You know, Afropunk was no longer this fringe festival. You know, it became, it, 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 it's everywhere. It's in South Africa. It's in France. You know, I don't know if they're doing it virtually because of the pandemic. But, you know, it became this global phenomenon as opposed to this little local scene. And I think that the spirituality aspect of it, you know, and then people got wind of it, you know. Hollywood got wind of it. And Hollywood got wind of the Arishas. Yup. So, you hmm. know. So then, um, did you, I, I saw that you wanted to talk about the yellow fever epidemic. Um, also, like, um, how much time? Because New Orleans is no stranger to epidemics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was something that took place here. And... Um, although New Orleans is a hot spot for Corona, you know, and then before Corona, you had Katrina. I said, what's all, all these names? Um, but I was thinking about part of the reason why I think there were so many spiritualists here is because this has traditionally been, uh, I mean, there's wealth here but it's not one of the wealthier cities in the country. And people have always had to find creative means to cure ills. People have always had to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and we can use herbs and prescriptions like for baths and things like that, but you know, that's because we know that herbs are truly healing for ailments. And I think that that's so, I brought up yellow fever because of Marie Laveau. And um, I think there were a lot of Marie Laveaus. You know, she's the one who, you know, who is most known. But I think that there's always been a tribe of healers who are, who are present when, you know, these kinds of tragedies happen. And I've noticed that during this pandemic that's happening right now, you know, 
what what do we have a resurgence of like tribes of healers everywhere you know all of my spiritual friends are like you know they're 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 all booked for readings wow yeah i had to decrease mine because all of them you know even me who i didn't even want to do readings you know i still got hit up for readings Hmm. the the day that i was like oh i'm not doing any more readings i didn't want to do any more so i got two yeah, I, I had I had just said I was on the phone. I was like, "Yeah, I'm not doing any more readings." And literally ten minutes later, somebody called me. That's why I tell everybody get out and do your thing because yeah. your girl is tired. I'm trying to. I'm hoping <laughs> to. I'm really getting into the Patreon, you know, and just the. Oh yeah, the, you keep talking about it. I can't wait. Yeah, I th- I'm really excited. It's gonna be like a vibe kind of thing, you know, like. I like, I like kind of just, I guess what things are becoming like, cause I just, um, it's just cool to share this information with people, like-minded people. But, um, yeah, I guess one of the last things I wanted to talk about with you was some resources for, um, learning more about EFA. And then I know you had modern tarot decks on, on the list too. Um, yeah, I don't, um, the modern tarot decks probably have to do a live on that one. Oh yeah, definitely. That's a, whole, that's a whole subject in and of itself, but I did want to talk about that. Yeah, um, let's do a live or something. Ah. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. But so resources, um, Jambalaya is a is like a go to always because mm-hmm. it gives Jambalaya by Louisa Teach. She's an Ocean Priestess, fifty years of Ocha, and she's from New Orleans, and she. I think that book really talks about how you can venerate the Orishas. Um, you, she has a lot of creative rituals, and you don't have to join any lay to do that. Um, Finding Soul in the Path of Orisha by Toby Malort-Corbiel is less about the actual uh, traditional technical rituals and more about the journey, the internal journey of becoming a Yoruba initiate. And it's a it's a memoir, but it's also a it's also like a treatise on what it's like to go into this religion because it is so different than Christianity, which is what to me most black people grow up with. Mm-hmm. And it's a short book; it's easy. I really um, I really like it. Um, another book that I had on there was. Um, Science of France. Yeah. Oh, um, Black Gods by John Mason. I don't know how how accessible that book is now. It might be really expensive, but it that book is about the basically the seven African powers, and he gives really good descriptions about their correspondences in nature. So, for instance, ocean is a river. Yamiya's the ocean, or Ya is the wind and storms. Um, Ogun's um, iron technology, you know, woods, Shango fire, lightning, so and and so forth. But he gives a really detailed description of the history and um, and why they are powers. Because and and, and it's and that's also it's a short book, but it, it's concise, but it's really thorough. And um, I love that book. Uh, 
And then there's also Cypress, Sassafras Cypress and Indigo by Intazaki Shange. She's the one who wrote for Colored Girls Who Considered Suicide When the Rainbow Was Enough. And that book is fiction. Um, but what I like about it is that there are letters from an elder figure to these three sisters who are daughters. And the letters are always filled with advice. They're always filled with a recipe you know, a, a, a culinary recipe, something Southern, a lot of okra. And one of the sisters goes into the religion to heal from a, a, a bad relationship. And um, I just think it's a really well, I think it's a beautiful fictional depiction of what it's like to become initiated. Wow. Okay, then. Yeah, so all of those books, you know, hopefully you can find them from your uh, local black bookstore or online. Um, try not to get it from Amazon. <laughs> True. I bet the um the community um community bookstore over here and I think it's in Bayou Saint John. Yeah. They probably Are they um, okay. They had gotten vandalized. What? Yeah. During the during the pandemic. I did not know that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're a staple in this city. Wow. I would hate to be the person that did that. I know. <laughs> you don't fuck with that street. Because <laughs> yeah. they still don't have the say. same, the don't brick down there from the, um from like the 1700s. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That is so, horrible. Yeah. But, I, you know, they'll be okay. They got a lot of love and support, mm-hmm. but that was that was awful that that happened. But I don't think it meant that they were going anywhere, you know. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, they yeah. probably have it for sure. Well, um, well, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Thank um, you for having me. Can thank you remind you everyone how to get in contact with you? I and love what... your show. Yes, can you remind everyone um how to get in contact with you and what your services are? Sure. So. Again, my name is Anika Lani. My IG handle is Honeyology Creative. And there you can also find the link to, because I'm still a Tumblr girl. You can find the link yes. to my Tumblr. And I will be offering yoga lessons. I will be offering yoga classes that include meditation, that include vibey soothing music. And I also, I do do tarot readings for sure. Yes. Energy readings. I do a chakra tarot reading where I look at what is happening with each chakra from the root to the crown and can try to help you, you know, figure out like what your best power center is and how to, you know, continue abundance that shows up in your cards or remove obstacles that show up in your cards i'm here for it and i'm a writer and i'm a writer and so look out for some kind of book coming forth hopefully in 2021 okay there's time on my hands to compile some short stories yes we love to see it yeah 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 well thank you so so much yes Wowie, wowie, what an amazing interview. <laughs> we definitely kikied. Um, 
thank you so much for listening if you haven't already like i said check out my patreon where you can get more content where you can find uh hoodoo metaphysics content where you can find uh, some live streams i've been posting what's the spiritual tea and tarot pools and all kinds of stuff and there's way more to come so also if you haven't already please leave me a five star (laughs) review on itunes and then if you do leave a review um i will read it out loud on the cast so please you know leave me a review um until next time i will see you on the interwebs please you know share this episode we out here trying to grow if you know anybody that is into this kind of stuff here you know the hoodoo also if you are interested in donating to the podcast my venmo is at k-e-o-n dash d-i-l-l-o-n my paypal is a personal email k-e-o-n-d-i-l-l-o-n at gmail.com and my cash app is dollar sign capital e-l-d-r-a so feel free to donate if you'd like to support this work thank you so much for listening Thank you.